Yes, people, it's episode 176 of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff, obviously. How you doing? It is Sunday, uh, 4.09, recording this podcast before I get on to the Green Room podcast. So just back-to-back chatting shit <laughs> all Sunday. Um, so, yeah, how you all doing? It's been a week since I went on the BLM March, Black Lives Matter March. I need to stop calling it BLM. BLM makes it sound like it's one of those flipping... Uh, it just sounds like it just makes the group sound like the same level as EDL. You know what I mean? Far right. It sounds like far right groups say BLM. So Black Lives Matter. I'm going to keep on saying that so people know what it means. So it just hits home. Don't call it BLM. Call it Black Lives Matter. It's like neuro neuro linguistic programming, NLP. The more you say it, the more it just rings in people's heads. You say BLM, it allows them to forget that Black Lives Matter. Or if you keep saying Black Lives Matter, it's like, okay, that's in my head. It's, it's true, it works. Other hashtags work. Me too. People ask me to, like, Chappelle has a joke in it. People ask me to do something, and when I, I say, like, do you like this? And I say, me too. I immediately think of that movement. So it's in. It's in my head. So Black Lives Matter. Um, it's been a week since I went on that march. And it's been going crazy in the world. You've got, um, got one of the officers from, officers from George Floyd's um, investigation. Posted bail. $750,000. Crowdfunded. Not sure what the other three have done. Um, not sure if they're still in prison. Um, and obviously yesterday was a crazy day in terms of protests. Had, uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well, I mean, I'm going to talk about stuff that people already know. Everyone listening to my podcast knows this stuff's happened. Well, my view on it, or I guess I'll give a bit of insight. So obviously, the, um, Black Lives Matter had a protest yesterday scheduled. Then far right, the football lads... I can't remember what they're called, the, like the Football the Lads Alliance or something like that. Britain's First, lots of other far-right groups. And beef, the Football Lads Alliance, they claim they're not far-right. They just, they're just football guys. Um, they, they were coming down to protect the statues against Antifa. Look, we ain't got a problem with beer. We ain't got a problem with Black Lives Matter. All right, my mate's black. I ain't got a problem. Listen, all you black guys, don't come down. We ain't got a problem with you lot. Yeah? We ain't got a problem with you black guys. Yeah? My mate's black. Got all my black mates. Ain't got a problem with you lot. It's Antifa. Antifa. They've infiltrated the movement. And it's them. It's them. The radical left. And Antifa. It's who we fight. I know, it's become such a boogeyman, hasn't it? Such a boogeyman. Antifa! I'll say with these guys, and it's you've got people from the, the right talking about Antifa. Um, you've got your black people, who are conspiracy theorists, who are like, George Soros funds Black Lives Matter, and he's a part of the global pedophile ring of reptilians who are here to put the vaccine in for coronavirus with the 5G and that's gonna and then that's why the Queen's done about because the new king's coming 
and Trump's here to save us all. New world order. I was like, what are you talking about right now? It's nuts. I know these black people a few years ago are so on about, you know, black people getting equality. Finally getting equality. And we get onto a movement now that seems to be really picking up momentum. And the reason I say it's picking up momentum because white people are involved now. White people are like, yeah, no, hey, this thing's taking a piss, isn't it? We didn't realise. And at this point, this is when some of these black people want to start going, ah, but who funds Black Lives Matter? Hmm? What's the real ploy? Hmm? Are you asleep? You're not seeing the bigger picture. They're playing us against each other, man. <laughs> Shut up. With your conspiracy theories. Not now. All right. But no, it's nuts. Antifa. Yeah, so they've been out there fighting Antifa. These people are anti Antifa. Antifa short for anti fascism. So to be anti anti fascism is a double negative, which would then make you pro fascism. But nope. No, some people are like, nah, Antifa are fascists. What? What's, what's happening? I don't understand. Antifa? They were there. Now, I don't really know if if this uh, these conspiracy theories have any truth to them. Okay? I just haven't seen anything linking George Soros to Antifa and Black Lives Matter on a website that looks like it's being designed by someone that doesn't abuse drugs. That's all. That's also all I want. Does someone send me a link to a website with these conspiracy theories that just looks like someone's taken some care into preparing the website? It's all just GCSE level HTML coding. So why does your website look so bad? Why does it look like your website was designed on a Nokia 3310? Like, why does it look so bad? You got Squarespace, Wix, all these different websites you could use to design a really good website. But instead, no. And then you don't even name your website something that sounds respectable either. You know what I mean? It, it sounds like you're just so anxious to get your news out that you can't even design a good website name so ah oh, open your eyes dot org dot uk dot com <laughs> so what are you doing and that's my thing about conspiracy i was talking to my sister about it yesterday that she went to visit my family for the first time since march and i said the problem with these conspiracy theories is that they can't just accept they can't just um exist separately but everyone who believes in these conspiracy theories, they smash them all together. Why? What's the need? Why does it all have to be leaked? And I've come to my conclusion that the people that really believe in these conspiracy theories didn't do well at school. I feel like they're a bit insecure about their intelligence and they finally found a group of people that made them feel smart and in the know about something. And to finally be in the know Gives you a sense of superiority against all those people that have laughed at you in the past for not being that smart. 
So now you're the smart one in the room. And I can understand the attraction to that feeling. And then when someone presents you with information, uh, not from evidence, just information that may jeopardise the foundation of your conspiracy theory, you block them, you accuse them of of being um, of being negative, you accuse them of going, well, why are you here if you don't agree? Why Just go somewhere else. Or you say they're some kind of agent as a part of the, you know, global ruling power. I'm seeing people suggest that people like Madonna, uh, a barber, and that are already dead. They're already dead. The same people that are accusing Obama of being already dead are also waiting for Obama to be tried in court. But he's already dead. So what's so why do you want him to be tried in court? I'm going to see a picture. He's like, ah, that's not the real Obama, though. That's a cyborg. That's a CGI image. That's a hologram. I realise I sound mad on this podcast saying all this stuff. But that's the stuff that they say. All right? I know, it's nuts. Um, but yeah, they're so focused on that that they can't actually put the energy towards this movement that's happening. That's actually benefiting, or could potentially benefit, black people. And not just black people today. Our kids, their kids, the next generation, we may actually be making some steps to making this place a better place for them. And you want to chat shit about secret kings <laughs> oh I don't know I don't know man <sighs> but what I was saying yesterday so those football lads um, far right they said they were coming down to protect the statues defend the statues from British history and Black Lives Matter guys said alright cool we're not turning up we're going to move our protest to Friday. They moved it to Friday. Did the did the statue defenders move their counter protest to Friday? As they call, nope. Still kept on Saturday. So what happens on Friday is Black Lives Matter do their protest. No statues are damaged. Then the football lads and the far right and the Britons first come down to defend the statue and defend our Easter eggs. Churchill is a hero. Well, we'll do. Hey, mate, I think Churchill may have done some bad things. Were you bloody nuts or something? I'm just saying that, you know, he caused the famine in Bengal. In, uh, in Bengal. You, you don't see something? I'm just saying that he put thousands upon thousands of Kenyans into a concentration camps. You don't see something? I'm just saying that Churchill, he, he, he killed Palestinians and... Afghanis and didn't see him as human and he actually thought white people were superior race and that's why Aborigines and Aboriginal people I should say Native Americans died because they were actually just an inferior race Churchill believed that and he also kind of sowed the seeds for apartheid to happen as well in South Africa yeah but what you not see what I mean if you don't love Churchill, then we'll be speaking German. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, Jesus Christ, man. 
no balanced discussion. So, the Black Lives Matter people changed the protest to a different day. They still went down the far right. And before midday, they'd already started fighting the police. Sig Halls, the Nazi salute in front of the cenotaph. Um, walking down the street, screaming, we're racist and we like it. And fighting each other. Apparently someone told me he was there um, because there was a small kind of fringe uh, protest from people. So, like, not it wasn't an official Black Lives Matter protest, but there's people there. Uh, and I know a few of the groups are there to basically protect younger uh, Black Lives Matter protesters to make sure they didn't get into any fights and make sure that if they did, protect them, protect women and stuff. So, um, so yeah, and I was told that fights broke out with the far right mob, the racists, because some were singing all lives matter, some were singing white lives matter, and they just started fighting themselves. And, um, yeah. And you could see that the media were scrambling. They were trying their hardest to pin this on Black Lives Matter, the, the gymnastics they were doing. And they knew they, they just simply couldn't because they weren't there where the fights were happening. They couldn't. There's like, look at this imagery. It's like, no, there's none, none from there. Oh, look at it. Oh, no. All the two protesting groups are clashing. It's like, oh, no, still no Black Lives Matter people there. Oh. And it's funny. They kept referring to them as counter... Was it counter-demonstrators? So your counter-demonstrators, right, of an anti-racism movement. So an anti-racism protest and you're a counter-demonstrator, would that not make you an anti-racist? Which would make you a racist or or pro-racism even. Uh, Yeah, I think it would. We have to defend the statues. no No one's touching your statues, mate. I was literally just reading before I got on here. George Square, Glasgow. Uh, There's no statues there that have any links to slavery. But, uh, yeah, some knobheads have gone out to protect the statues. Defend the statue. You think you're going to spare paint a statue? You're going to do that. You think you're going to spare paint the statue? You're going to do that. So, yeah. Got people up and dead. Can't you defend British history? Can't just leave the statue alone. Shut up. Alright. Do you know what? Getting rid of statues isn't erasing history. Like I said, there's no Hitler statues. Guess what? We know about him. Yeah? We know about Nazi Germany and there's no statues there. I just don't know why it's so hard to get into people's bloody heads. Do you know what? I even want the Churchill statue down. I can almost understand why it can't come down. Because as much of an arsehole as he was, he does have some kind of national hero status, yeah? And I don't think many people are actually asking for Churchill's statue to come down. Most people are actually just asking for, you know, a bit more of a well-rounded story about the bloke. You know, let's talk about the stuff he did before the war. Let's talk about his attitudes during the war. Like, we can think, you know, and there's things after the war. Like how, when he died, 
Dockers didn't want to lower their cranes for him. He's immediately voted out of office when the war ended. People at the time did, thought he was a bit of an extremist. So he's he was a massive imperialist. That's what he was. And when you look at the bigger picture, you kind of understand that his motivations for getting involved in the war with Germany, with Nazi Germany, wasn't because it was some kind of benevolent thing of, oh no, these poor people. It was because Germany was getting too big and powerful for its boots. And him as an imperialist was like, not on my watch. Germany's not getting better than Britain. That's all it was. There was no humanitarian thing. This is what happens with history. Yeah? People like when the civil um the civil war in America. About slavery. And people were like, yeah, the North, they were so great. They went down to the South and emancipated the slaves. No, 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 no. Basically the South were making way too much money from their free labour. The North were had to pay their workers. So their margins weren't as big, so they weren't making as much money. Whereas the South had all this free labour, so the North were like, fuck this, no. Guess slavery is kind of bad, but listen, you definitely can't have it, because you're making too much money. That was the main motivation. But everyone looks at Lincoln as some kind of hero, like, oh, slavery's so bad. For you, economically. That's where it was. Um, so it's the same with Churchill it's the fact that because he was the PM when Britain defeated Nazi Germany together with a lot of other countries from around the world by the way not just Britain on its own because that's how the story's told at the school Britain fought the Nazis it's terrible just read the stuff about how they even recruited for the army. Working class people just chucked in the front line with minimal training and shot if they were cowards. Cowards meaning if they got scared. You know those people that are civilians and actually trained to fight. All your middle class people just became officers so they, they didn't have to get involved. And that is the trick of the world. The same thing. These... These nutty racists running around protecting statues in our history. It's, it's not your history, mate. This country doesn't like you. You working class white people, this country doesn't actually like you. Facts. But because they made you so focused on white, on your skin colour, made you so focused on your nationality... That you're ignoring the fact that you're not actually the same as these people that actually run the country. Yeah? You're not the same as Boris. You never went Eton. You're not going to Cambridge or Oxford. You ain't got generational wealth going through your family. They don't like you guys. They don't. You're peasants. You're absolute peasants to them. But you won't even think of yourself as a peasant because you think to yourself, well, I'm not a bloody immigrant. I was born here. Yeah? So history. I'm white. I'm born here. I'm not racist. But England. And that's it. And you've got that so just ingrained in your head that you don't even like other white people that aren't British. 
bloody police come over me. Police. God, so, but you don't even like other white people that are born here. You know him? Ginger. Uh. <laughs> it's like, you know, you don't like other Brits in England. You don't like Welsh, you don't like Scottish, you don't like Northern Irish. You're peasants. This country doesn't like you. And rather than you clocking that, joining with the immigrants, elevating all yourselves up to be like, oi, let's change the system here. Nah. I was born here, it's my country, it's my history. No. Read, do your history, do your Googles. Try to work, that's what people need to do when it comes to history, is actually work out what you would have actually been doing back then and then work out whether that history is your history. Yeah? Because that was always my thing at school when I was learning about history. Learning about the war. I've always thought, so what would I have been doing at that time? Um, so if I was a black guy in the UK, because I guess, well, it's two ways. I could even have been a black guy in Jamaica. So I would have been called to, to the army, to what's it, the West Indian Regiment, wherever it was. Would have been, come over to help Queen and country, hang the Germans. You know that stupid radio voice they had. Time to fight them. The Allied forces are trying to find the actions of evil. And the Italians are... <laughs> German bombers have flown across the, the UK, the South Coast of the UK, and dropped bombs, causing a lot of damage, devastating thousands of homes, causing £35 worth of damage. Because you know what the money was like back then. Uh, so I would have been... Uh, a black guy in the UK at the time, so I'd have been called a whole heap of names and dehumanised, but told, you need to fight for queen and country, man. Then when I got back, got handed out medals and stuff, I would have been skipped over. Um, or I would have been like the West Indian Regiment, I would have been from Jamaica, I'd be flying over to defend queen and country, and end up after all these years of training, been doing very menial stuff, but the most risky shit. You know what I mean? Be um, be running around carrying ammunition while being shot at. It would be dreadful. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. These working class people in the UK who saw, where's my white privilege? You guys, yeah? Where's my white privilege? Those guys, if they actually look back in history and think what would I have been doing as a working class white guy in World War Two, you'd have realised you would have been living a terrible flipping life. You'd have been chucked on the front line, no training, disregard. And you would have been like, oh, how comes that guy's not going on the front line? And he'd be like, well, you know, I'm an officer. Yes, I've been in the army for less time than you have, but I'm an officer now. So what you've done? I don't know. Um, I'm bitching. I'm bitching and moaning. But going back to yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that was mad. Guys didn't turn up. So the racists all fought themselves. And it was such a chess move from Black Lives Matter 
protesters to not turn up. I saw a lot of people with that energy of, whoa, they've come to our turf, they called us out, and we didn't show up, we're pussy holes, da 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 And then, later that day, every single one of those people I saw post that, fair play, you all retracted your statement in the same vim. Go, do what, I thought it was a good idea to turn up, but do what, they've embarrassed themselves, and the media had no leverage to blame it on Black Lives Matter. They really wanted to. They were scrambling among themselves. Using all the verbal gymnastics to say, demonstrators, protesters, that no, say who they were. And it's typical, your left-wing newspapers, like The Guardian, was like, far-right protesters. Clash with police. But your Daily Mail, right-wing, was like, demonstrators were there and pockets of violence... Uh, between rival demonstration groups it's like you're too vague mate way too vague but then Boris came out after it all and said that racist fuggery will not be tolerated in this country and oh my god the fumes the gas in the comments after Dark Boris, I used to rate you, but you've let this country down. I'm, I'm heartbroken. I cried when you went to hospital, Boris. And you let them come last week destroy our history. Bloody right. Send them back to where they come from. Do you know what? You're not voting for me. I'm, I mean, I'm not voting for you. Do you know who's fault this is? It's that bloody woman at the top of the police. That crusader dick. And also Sadiq Khan. It's Sadiq. Can't fault. <laughs> oh dear, they can't stand a brown guy being the mayor of London. Just a deep card. It's his fault. And it's, it's all nuts, man. It's all nuts. Anyway, let's talk about that. Um, I don't anything else this week. I made some French toast this morning uh, with brown bread, seeded bread. I used to make it with white bread, and that was delicious. So I recommend that, guys. Um, what else has happened this week? Like I said, I went to visit uh, my mum, sister, and two nieces. Um, first time seeing family since March. It, it was just bizarre seeing them, man. It was just bizarre. Because um, I haven't seen them for so long. And it's bizarre not being able to just hug your family. It's just weird. So, so weird. But it was nice seeing them, though. Needs uh, uh, There's a few other family members need to see, man. But we'll, we'll, we'll wait. We'll see what the announcement is of COVID. Is COVID even still going on? All this racism stuff is... Uh, it's, um, it's distracting, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. But anyway, let's get some dear Deirdre. And, um, and then we'll, we'll see. See what we're doing. You'll get people following me on uh, on these different social medias. It's because I'm mouthing off so much lately, I think. That's why. But anyway. Dear Deirdre, I cheated on my boyfriend out of boredom and now I'm pregnant and in a panic. Yeah, I imagine. I have a boyfriend, but I was so bored I started having hot sex with a guy from work. Now I'm pregnant in a panic. That is like every man's worst nightmare. You know, having a jacket. Raising a child that's not yours. That's the man's deepest fear. That's that's how you, you can break a man. 
Uh, if you ever want to break a man, women, who listen to the pod, that's how you do it. <laughs> All right, I've been with my boy. I've been with my boyfriend since school. He's twenty five. Uh, I'm twenty two. Since school, ugh, gross. Obviously, when you were sixteen, he was nineteen. Ugh. I mean, I know that's cool. Uh, for the 16 year old girl but I just always found those guys a bit odd anyway we live together and get along okay but he's a bit dull he spends every evening uh, on his xbox with his mates he has a low sex drive so I get hardly any attention one Saturday a month he tells me he's going for a shower around 8pm and he winks at me that's my cue to get dressed up for him and when he's turned on enough we have sex alright one Saturday a month there's no foreplay. When it's all over, he rolls over and nods off. Efficient. Um, I work for the police as administrator. Boo! <laughs> I'm joking. There's nothing wrong with the police. Absolutely nothing wrong with the police. Uh, with being a police officer, I should say. Um, there's something wrong with the police system. And policing. We don't have an issue of individual police officers. So have an issue of institutionalised racism. Am I right, guys? Eight times more likely to get tased by the police if you're black. Anyway, I said I was talking about dear dearly. Let's get back to this. Uh, no form play. When it's over, he rolls over and nods off. I work for the police as an administrator. Uh, we had a rookie officer join our branch last year. He's 27 and is good looking. And even better out of his uniform. We had drinks after work one night at the start of the year. The guy was on my team in the darts competition and we won. We were so pleased and the rest of the group had to buy us drinks all night. Okay. We were pretty hammered by the time we left the pub and my teammate walked me home. I tripped as I went to go up my step and he caught me. As I stood... Up, he kissed me. My boyfriend had gone on a stag weekend, so we went inside. Hmm. I bet your boyfriend was knuckles deep inside some, <laughs> inside some girl. Svetlana. Eastern Europe. In the club. This is that. This is that music. Anyway. My boyfriend had to go on the stag weekend, so we went inside. He pulled up my dress, up over my head, and kissed my neck and chest, and we had crazy passionate sex on my bed. He went home afterwards, but I couldn't stop thinking about him the next morning. We got together for lunch and had sex in his car. But you're the police! You can't be having sex in cars! What the fuck is wrong with you? Anyway, we've both still been working, but I find any excuse to go, I can go to his place. The sex is amazing. I had a dodgy kebab one night and threw up and completely forgot about the effects on my pill. Oh my god. Oh dear. I had sex twice in a week with the guy from work and then once with my boyfriend. Oh my god. (laughs) I've just done a test and I'm pregnant. Who is the father? I don't know what to do. Ah, oh, dear. What to do? 
what to do think about all the situations the permutations um so obviously abortions one um but it seems like you're choosing to keep it so you're going to keep it here's the situations you either are pregnant with your boyfriend and you stay with your boyfriend if you're pregnant with the new guy you try to stay with your boyfriend you're pregnant with the new guy and you try to start the new guy you're pregnant with your boyfriend and you try to start with the new guy <sighs> you are somehow find out who's who's the father Who's the father? Uh, has, what's the earliest you can find out who the father is? Because if you find out, you got to find out soon. Because you have your boyfriend getting all excited to raise his kid. And then it's not his. But you can't tell him before you find out. Because if it is his, then you've ruined your relationship completely. Now your punishment is to be stuck with boring boyfriend. To raise his kid. Or. You're stuck with the guy who has sex in cars. With women in relationships. To be the father of your kid. And I'm like. Um, Hi. Tony I've got to speak to you. And he's just like. Yeah what. He's like. Um, I'm pregnant. And he's like. Alright. What are you telling me that for? He's like. Because you're, you're the father Tony. He's like, nah, do what I can't be. I've got, I've got a lot of stuff on, you know. I can't really be doing fatherhood, like. So whatever you want to do with it, you know, you just deal with that in it. What do you mean? What am I gonna do with it? You're the father, Tony. Nah, but I don't, I don't fancy it. Can't lie, I don't fancy it. Anyway, I've got a date with Beth. Beth, Beth, you mean my colleague? The- the person I work with on reset. Yeah, yeah, got a date with her. So, it was lovely talking to you, yeah? Good luck with the pregnancy and all that, but I ain't interested. That could be your, that could be your reality. Who knows? Um, anyway, let's see what next is there. Oh, dear. Woman scorn. A lover smirked at my micro penis, and now I dread any woman seeing me aroused. Dear Deirdre, my penis is so small, I dread any woman seeing me when I'm not aroused. I'm 28. I've had two relationships, but they didn't last. I think the women were disappointed in my size. <laughs> one woman ended things when she saw me step out of the shower. The other one smirked when I got dressed in the morning for work. My penis is five and a half inches when erect, but it's like a micro penis when flaccid. So what's the issue? Five and a half, yeah, all right, it's not the biggest, but it's not small. You just want when you're not erect. So you've got a penis like one of those Greek statues where it's just dick on balls. Like, all right, cool, you've got dick on balls. Just work in the gym, get the cool curly hair, put, put like some leaves around your head, just look like a Greek god. These small statue dicks. All statues matter. Even the ones with the small dicks. That's what you do, man. So, yeah, I've got a small dick. When it's not erect. So what? Lots of guys do. But it's when it's erect. Then that's what matters. Yeah? All that matters, son. I thought you had a small dick when erect. There's nothing you can do. You got a small dick when flaccid. All you do is you just don't let these women see it flaccid. That's all you do, man. 
they smirk at your small ditch. You go, yeah, it's so small. How would you like it in your butt? And then she'll be like, what? Well, that's disrespectful. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just emotional. You just laughing at my penis. I lashed out. I'm sorry. I don't want to put it in your butt. Uh, yeah, you haven't got a micro penis. Let's see, anyway. The kids at school always used to laugh at me when I was young. I never had a problem chatting up women, but now I don't even want to try. Mate, shut up. No woman wants to see a flaccid penis. That's probably what it is. There's nothing funny, there's nothing asexual about a flaccid penis. No woman wants to see flaccid penis. Get your hands off my penis. No one wants to see a flaccid penis. No one. Gay or straight. Man or woman. (laughs) There's no place in the world for flaccid penises. And your penis. Being small and flaccid is actually a polite thing. No one wants to see a big wet noodle. Anyway. um, Let's see the last one. This is not non-sexual. Live in hell. I hate my mother-in-law, but my wife wants to invite her to live with us. Okay. Um, I see how down some people end up hating their mothers-in-law, but all right, cool. Dear Deirdre, I hate my mother-in-law, but my wife's talking about inviting her to live with us. She's 60 and she's a witch. Like a real witch or just a bit of a cow. Uh, She's always interfered in our lives, but this time has pushed me too far. Tell me, I'm a guy of 36, my wife is 34, we've two kids aged 7 and 3 and are crowded as it is. I've been ill with the coronavirus and was snuck in bed and felt terrible. A work colleague tagged me in Facebook message wishing me well and my mother-in-law replied making a really crash remark. I was so embarrassed by it. What's the crash remark though? Was it just a bit of banter? Are you just being sensitive? Anyway, the thing is my mother-in-law has a drink problem so she was probably drunk when she did it okay um i was still trying to calm down when she phoned my wife saying her partner was beating her so could she come and live with us okay i mean you you gotta kind of rescue your mum in law there and if she's getting beaten up by her partner um the bloke is soft soppy guy i don't believe her but my wife is considering letting her come all right now you can't be like i don't believe you that you're getting beaten up because i like the guy uh most people who are abusive are pretty charming to the person they're not abusing so um yeah so uh, that can't be a reason dude i think i have to suck it up man your mother-in-law's getting battered by her partner which I assume is not your father-in-law. you got to rescue her. You can make some rules, though. Like, hey, you can't be drinking in the house all wild and drunk. I've got kids here. They're seven and three. No, I've bloody just come back from coronavirus. So if you're going to be, you're going to calm down. All right? And it's temporary. So you find somewhere new. Work on that. You're not staying here for long. That's what you do. Set some deadlines. Set some boundaries. And you're sorted, geezer. All right? Anyway, that's the end of the pod. My throat's dry. Got to drink some more water. Eat some sprats that my mum made yesterday. And uh, get ready for the next pod. All right, people. Um, Yeah, check out the Green Room podcast. Um, But yeah, share this and stuff. And I'm going to keep on tweeting and keep on 
Brighton on Facebook. So shout out uh, Stavros from ESN Podcast and shout out to uh, my mate Ant who both reached out to me and said that they've liked my they've liked my energy in the past few weeks of my tweeting and Facebooking and Instagramming. I've had a few people come into my inbox and talk to me about it and stuff. So um, yeah, that says I'm not I haven't done it for. Um, my own attention is to be drawing attention to what's been going on, really. And I've had to add a bit of humour in the past few weeks because I realise I'm a comedian and I don't want to just be a, a social media activist. So still had to tie in a bit of humour. But yeah, and um, yeah, I'm just doing it to draw attention to those causes. But if people have enjoyed me doing it, then I'll, you know, I was going to continue doing it anyway. It's, it's, it's actually from the heart, so um, it's, it's been easy to do, it hasn't been, so, it hasn't been performative, but yeah, anyway, that's the end of the pod, that's me, peace!